You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today in the low 90s at 92. Port tonight clear with the low at 71. And for the weekend, the weather looking hot and dry. A good supply of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 93 and 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. You're listening to a best-of edition of Southern Fried Sports with your host, Travis Ryer, right here on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I'm on a special guest to the program. How about Savannah Ryer, the oldest daughter, the middle child in the Ryer brood here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, fresh from her collegiate basketball career that took her from Shelton State Community College right here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, all the way out to the island of Oahu, and the University of Hawaii, where she spent the last two years with the Rainbow Wahine. How about it, Savannah? How's this? Uh, how's this downtime for a change working for you? <laughs> Thanks for having me, but it's actually been pretty nice um, when you go from going, going, going since pretty much kindergarten to um, a long break. It's it's actually pretty nice for. Uh, a lot of reasons, but um, I definitely am trying to get back into a routine and everything just uh, nowadays. Uh, one of the things, by the way, I was meant to, uh, I was asked to ask you right out the gate, how would you rate Pops as a grandfather? Uh, because people hear <laughs> Pops on this program and it's hard for them to sort of envision or imagine even what it would be like to have him as your grandfather. What where does he stack up? How does he stack up in that regard, first and foremost, Savannah? For me, on a 10 out of 10 scale, he's probably like an 11, just for wow. my personality. Um, I I enjoy it, and he's really entertaining, and um, I just, I don't know. We've always gotten along, so for me, he's great. For others, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, you two kind of have a relationship where, you know, you're a bit of his nemesis, you know, but I get the sense that, that he kind of likes that. You two, uh, the give and take is pretty stout there between you and Pops. Yeah, I think that um, he likes that I can handle, you know, the criticism or the uh, always nagging and making funny comments towards me and vice versa. So I think that's why we kind of have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I think he also. Uh, I think. I think you also get a kick out of reminding him that you are, in fact, uh, a couple inches taller than he is. Yes, uh, for I, sure. I think you. Uh, I think you get a lot of enjoyment out of that with pops. I do. Um, you me- You mentioned that you know it's sort of a decompression time for you, and you know it's interesting because I think people, fans, media, even we look at college student athletes and we think about kind of the the glamour involved, even. Uh, if it's not the the power five blue blood sort of level uh, at the mid-major, at the FBS level, at the group of five level, which is where you competed at the University of Hawaii. Look, it's still a good life, right? No one's saying that you guys and gals aren't treated well as scholarship athletes. 
on the division one level. But yeah, we were talking about this this morning and there's that perception that it's a four year type of quest when in reality you hit on it. This was something that essentially took you from five years old to 22. So uh, just the grind involved, I guess, is the thing maybe that most folks aren't privy to as you as you move to that level. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people see us obviously staying in the nice hotels and getting fed for free, um, and they look at that and they don't understand necessarily like the, like you said, the grind that goes into it and how much um, effort and work and just time, and it's mental and physically like it's it's a complete grind, and I feel like student athletes earn every bit of it and. I think we deserve to be treated like that. Um, and so I'm really thankful that obviously I had a good experience as far as um, the lifestyle I got to live while I was there. But that's not to say that we didn't earn that lifestyle um, just with all the travel and and the practices and the 6 a.m. weights and all those things. So I definitely think that's hard for people to see when you're on the outside. But, um, you know, that's part of us having a voice as athletes is to be able to um, express that and just get people to understand more so that they're a little more compassionate about the requests that are made um, from student athletes. Now, during your two years at the University of Hawaii, you served on UH's Student Athlete Advisory Council, I believe it was. So Mm -hmm. you were pretty much selected to have a voice where the women's basketball program was concerned, not only within the athletic department at UH. I know you also traveled to California for a Big West sort of seminar and uh, conference uh, that brought uh, student athletes like yourself from the different member schools together. And what was your biggest emphasis that you maybe tried to promote uh, during your time in that role uh, that, that could help maybe these these young people, these student athletes, more than, than, again, maybe a lot of us on the outside realize it could? Yeah, my biggest push was for mental health and just access to resources in order to um, just keep a fresh mental health, I guess, because when you do it for so long um, and then you get to the collegiate level and, and you're practicing every day and there's a pressure involved um, because it is a business, to perform and just to hide your emotions and to enter every day with like a great attitude. Um, I really push for mental health because people don't realize how much of a toll that collegiate athletics, especially at the division one level. And even when I was at Shelton can take on you. Um, And so I really push for that. And we had just had um, a tragic, uh, student-athlete death within our athletic department at Hawaii. So it was really fresh on my mind. Uh, and I just saw a lot of things that I thought could be improved um, through that experience. So it was awesome to be able to voice that and to have a platform um, to be able to do that and to not have consequences or judgment passed by anybody because we're all there for the same goal and it's to give student-athletes a voice and to really like actually hear what's being said and the concerns we have. So it was a great experience. You know, you mentioned mental health and, 
you know, the, the privacy concerns that the stigma that there still is in our society, especially when it comes to big, strong, fast, seemingly invincible athletes at the high levels. Um, is that a big problem for, for student athletes, in your opinion, in terms of uh, seeking out help and maybe not feeling a, I don't know, a sense of shame about it and, and feeling like, you know, your privacy is being protected. I know we have HIPAA laws and things like that, but, you know, from that perspective, is do you see that as a big problem with even when there is help presented and available to student athletes, getting them to sort of overcome the anxiety just in taking that first step and putting themselves out there, so to speak, uh, it, it, I guess can be difficult to overcome in and of itself. Yeah, I definitely think that it is an issue as far as getting athletes to get help. Um, at a lot of schools, you have the resources presented to you, like, hey, we have a counselor on campus you can go see. Um, but there's never actually, like, not a, they can't force you to get therapy or to do anything like that, obviously, but um, there's, there's not as much of a push I've feel like as there should be for athletes to acknowledge like, hey, I do go through a lot on a daily basis and it's okay for me to reach out and to talk to someone outside of the athletic department because within the athletic department, the goal is obviously to be as successful as possible. And obviously a lot of times they do care about their student athletes, but I don't think that it's always recognized when a student athlete truly needs help and if it was just pushed more as far as like, let's normalize this and let's make this a thing that, you know, everyone can have access to and everyone feels comfortable, whether you're a male, female football player or a gymnast, like everyone should be able to feel comfortable reaching out. And I think that's where the issue comes in is that, like you said, a lot of athletes um, compartmentalize the way they feel just because that's how we grew up. Um, if you showed, you know, weakness or tears or whatever it may be, it's like, hey, you need to get it together. Uh, like we're playing a game or like you can't show emotion in practice. Like you're not allowed to have a bad day. And so I think a lot of times we learn to just push those feelings aside instead of actually acknowledge and validate the way we feel um, and get that help that, you know, I'd say a majority of student athletes need. I think I'm as guilty of it as a parent as some of these coaches are that we consistently hear the phrase, what? Mental toughness, mental toughness, right. be tough. Uh, we've had those conversations throughout the years. I think that is, in fact, one of the biggest reasons why you achieved to the level you did in athletics. Right. But there is that other side to it um, and sort of the the – the narrative that gets pushed in that message is to, as you said, compartmentalize issues rather than deal with them sort of on a consistent basis and not have this, uh, you know, potential wreck down the road as, as they become, you know, and they, they accumulate and become a, a bigger issue. Um, so your perspective I know is different because you went from a very good junior college program, one of the top five in the country right here at Shelton State under Madonna Thompson. So, 
you know, look, this wasn't some rural, out in the middle of nowhere, Division Three JUCO that you came from. As good as it can be done on the junior college level, Shelton State, Madonna Thompson, Kara Crossland, the athletic director, they do it as good as you can do it um, mm-hmm. within the rules. Um, but still, obviously, uh, a change. You know, going into it and, and getting to that level and sort of experiencing it initially, how much did your kind of viewpoint of the treatment of student athletes change between your arrival at that level and maybe the time that you went out? I'm guessing that going into it, you may have looked at some of your new teammates and thought, man, these kids are spoiled. You know, they've got all this great stuff. But but perhaps over the two years, you you grew to learn that, yeah, there are some things that need to be worked on, even at this level. Right, yeah. I think starting out at a JUCO, obviously the resources are a lot um, thinner. And the biggest thing for me there um, that made it a much easier transition was the fact that, like, every day it was consistent. Madonna Thompson is probably one of the most consistent people I've ever met, and I'm really thankful to have spent two years in that program because I was able to carry that into my journey at Hawaii. And when I got to Hawaii, um, you know, like you said, I was like, wow, like, we have someone that does our laundry for us. Like, we have someone that makes us meals every morning during season or, like, we're staying in these four or five-star hotels. And at JUCO, we were staying in, you know, one to two stars if we stayed overnight. Most of the time we were driving back late night and then practicing again the next day. Um, So there was a difference as far as the experience goes, like, luxury-wise. But um, I found that it's kind of crazy because I feel like the resources to mental health and just, like, how many athletes deal with it are far greater at a Division One than it is at a JUCO. And a lot of that has to do with consistency and just the program you're in, obviously. But um, I feel like with, you know, the money that Division Ones have, and I know not every Division One has money, but the money that they do have that they don't use um, could be spent more on mental health for student-athletes and just the development overall of a student-athlete. Um, so, yeah, there was a big eye-opener there as far as like wow there are things to work on and division one is great but it's not everything that people make it out to be um unless you're at those big I mean Alabama has great resources and I've talked to former teammates that have played there and seen what they have um so it's interesting to compare and to also like be able to voice that and um contribute back to the university that did give me so much we're seeing and hearing from student athletes across the country most recently the pac-12 conference um you're you're hearing uh you know demands in in terms of uh public uh, health where the covid19 virus is concerned ensuring the safety and well-being of student athletes uh, in the midst of a pandemic uh, you're also hearing demands in terms of um, social and racial injustice, uh, student athlete exploitation. Um, do you think this was all sort of coming to a head already, or do you think this year in which we've experienced a pandemic, which we've experienced uh, the killings of 
uh, Aubrey Achmad and, and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and, and and those things have kind of come together to 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 put us to the head of this situation. Um, the voice of the student athlete in general, Savannah, it seems like it's it's more prominent than ever. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason, and I know that this pandemic has been really tragic for so many people, and um, as as well as the social injustices that are happening in our country. Um, but I do think that this is the perfect time for athletes to speak out because of these things that are happening. Um, all eyes are on, you know, the news and athletes and trying to get sports going again. Um, and there's a different level of consequences that come with it. I feel like once you're in a program and, you know, there's not really a, like, set reason to speak out, um, you'd be the odd one out speaking against your program or against your university because everyone just knows it's kind of an unsaid rule with athletes. So it's like you don't really speak out because you don't want the consequences that come with it. Um, but right now there's, you know, obviously issues with health and just injustice for black student athletes everywhere um, and things that haven't been dealt with in the past. So to speak out right now is honestly perfect timing. And I'm super glad that athletes are having uh, the chance to do that because there are issues and they do need to be acknowledged. So I think right now is just um, obviously everything coming to a head, but I don't think there could be a better timing as far as for people to listen and to actually acknowledge what's going on. Reports here in the last 24 hours involving, speaking of the University of Hawaii, the uh, the ex-head coach of the Rainbow Warriors, Nick Rolovich, uh, at Washington State now as the successor to Mike Leach, who of, a court of, who of course is now at Mississippi State, that Perhaps, according to a recorded conversation between Rolovich and one of his players at Washington State, um, he essentially discouraged uh, this student athlete from being a part of this We Are United movement that we're seeing uh, from the Pac-12 here over the weekend. Um, do, do, you, do you think that's prevalent? in college athletics, whereas we'll see coaches on social media or we'll see them at events. We'll see them publicly in support of movements that their players are very much passionate about, but then perhaps, but behind the walls of the facility, maybe it's actually being discouraged for the players to get out in front and be in the forefront where those matters are concerned do you, do you think there's a sort of a contradiction going on between what we see publicly and maybe what's being uh sort of influenced in the facilities i definitely think that there is some um issues in that area just from past experiences but also speaking to current student athletes right now at different schools um you see a lot of coaches that'll tweet out like, I'm in support of this, I'm in support of that. But then how much are they doing within their community or with their student athletes, whether it's seminars, trainings, um, anything, how much are they doing besides, Oh, let's go to weights, like six AM weights. We have practice at this time. Like 
I don't know how much of that is being done at most schools right now. I think everyone's speaking out because they're obviously trying to save face. Um, but I think that, you know, there is probably a lot of that going on around the country. And it's just, it's not just now. Like, this has been happening um, all four years that I've been in college. And I've had different experiences from other people, but I know situations that have happened um, where a coach does speak out saying that they're in support of athletes, but then behind closed doors, um, there's consequences for uh, those words or those actions. So I definitely agree that there's some issue there, and it's not just probably Nick Rolovich at Washington State. Um, it doesn't excuse it, but it also is happening probably all across the country. So it's definitely an issue. Well, Sav, we appreciate the time, and uh, we always appreciate you uh, joining us here on Tide 100.9 FM. I know you've been on with Gary Harris in the past as well, and, of course, we wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Thanks, Sav. Thank you. There she goes, Savannah Ryer. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You're listening to a best of edition of Southern Fried Sports with your host Travis Ryer right here on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Pops, what's going on? I don't know it. How y'all doing? You, You already get the grass cut? Got it done, man. Got it knocked out. Got it knocked out? Was it? Did you have to take a couple breaks, or how did that go? <laughs> yeah, I took two Gatorade breaks. Two. Two Gatorade? Two, yeah. I'm telling not you. Bloody, man, not Bloody Mary breaks, Not right? Bloody Mary, because <laughs> yeah, I'd have never finished. It sounds but if really someone, good, though. If someone had been there with one handy, oh, I, you, you oh, would have drank it. I would have had to, I'd have had to devour it. Ice cold, buddy. Mary Ice Pops. cold. With that celery stalk in it, Pops. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Just just fresh celery with salt on you know, it, you know? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I got a call from your people this morning Uh-oh. because the radio station has come out with another Pops on Point t-shirt oh, no. that, you're, that you've graced. <laughs> and uh, your people called me first thing this morning asking about licensing fees and your cut of the proceeds pops <laughs> yeah you've I'm, gone, I'm getting i'm getting wealthy off these t-shirts <laughs> you, you've gone big time on us pops oh yeah yeah you got people now pops i didn't know you had people i didn't either you know? i don't I, well, I, I have I, I, no idea who it could be <laughs> yeah they were pretty uh pretty adamant about really? uh they, they spoke of potential litigation and, and these things in relation to these new T-shirts that you can get of Pops on Point there at Tide109.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's mm. interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, just let them know. We'll, we're we're going we're gonna to work something out. We'll work it out. Well, if I hey. knew who it was, I'd let them know. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Pops, you know, the SEC, what do, what do you think about that? The SEC coming out yesterday and saying, we're going to play 10 games, attempt to play 10 games, conference only. Do you like that format, Pops, or do you well, do you not like it because you're going to lose your Florida-Florida State well, game? Well, that, that's the problem, Trey. 
you know. Mm-hmm. The the only game that I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Florida's got to got to win that game, and 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 it's been that way for years now, and and uh, it's not going to happen this year. I don't even know if the ten conference games are going to happen this year, but uh, uh, even if they do, the Florida State game won't. So that's, that's, pops, that's disappointing. If you get Alabama on the schedule. That's going to have more pop nationally than Florida, Florida State pops if you get yeah, Alabama, I, I, Florida I, together this year. Well, the, the Alabama, whenever Alabama plays Florida, it, it's tough for me. I mean, I'm, I've been a Gator all my life, but I also like Alabama. And uh, it always, in the last few years, I say last few, probably 10 to 15 years, I've is is Alabama's got the shot at the national championship? I want them to, you know, wind yeah. up. Uh, I don't want Florida upset the apple cart and give them, you know. But now that Florida, they're playing decent and having, you know, good opportunities. Also, uh, if they could win, maybe that you know, and go undefeated, they'd have a shot. So it, it it's a tough, a tough position for me. But, who uh, does who does Dan Mullen want to play, Pops? Florida State or Alabama? Who does uh, Danny want to play, Pops? Well, he's gonna play Alabama. You know, he wants to play Alabama. Yeah, he he he'd tell you that. Now, whether he he would. Oh, okay. He'd tell he us that, but in his heart of hearts, Pops. If we gave him truth serum, <laughs> I think he wants Alabama. the Seminoles, doesn't he, Pops? Uh huh. I think he'd rather see the Seminoles than Alabama, Pops. Well. Yeah, I, I know, but you, when you get a chance to play out, you get a chance to, as a as a coach, you get yeah. a chance to play the best team around, and, and it's in your yeah. conference too. You, you know, you, you got to feel like you got to take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, yeah, Dan Dan's still over against Nick and Kirby Pops. That'd be I either know, one of them, yeah, I Pops. Know, I, I know, and it, uh, but uh, I got I, I, I'm I'm a Mullen guy. I'm a Nick guy too, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's my problem. Now, now, pops, you've pretty much retired from attending professional and collegiate football. You like to go to the high school games still. Oh, you yeah, still go to the high school I games. All, I go to a lot of high school games. You like to go to the double A uh, baseball, especially yeah. on Thursday, Thursday yeah. oh, that yeah. you've had to miss this year. Yeah. Um, if you were back and say, let's say it's 1980, pops and Herschel. And the dogs are coming to Jacksonville to take on Charlie Pell's Gators. And thinking about what capacities might look like in college football for this year, let's say only 20,000 were allowed in the Gator Bowl back in 1980 for Georgia and Florida. How would you and your merry band of ne'er do wells manage to get in the stadium, Pops, with just 20,000 allowed in? That's a, that's a real good question. But I guarantee <laughs> you, we'll be there. <laughs> I think it would have ended with incarceration it, it for could, you and your crew. It could easily end in incarceration. <laughs> <laughs> that almost occurred when 80,000 were. That's what I mean. You, you were able to run and hide <laughs> in the crowd back in 80. You couldn't do that, that with 20,000 I mean, pops. No, we would be there. We'd start the morning <laughs> off with the Bloody Mary breakfasts like we always did. And, uh, and make a day of it, but uh, oh yeah, I, that, when I was younger, I mean, college was was 
huge. Uh I had the energy to handle it all day long and then party all night long over at Oliver's house, you know. But, uh, and and the same way with with pro football. I love pro football. USFL. Yeah. That was like Florida, Georgia every week back to USFL. I I had the energy to do all that, but as I've grown older, the only energy I have is to go watch a high school game for an hour and a half, you know. Get now, drive me home. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, with the Devil Rays playing the Braves here over the last four days, were you able to watch your Braves down there? Because yeah, usually you're stuck yeah. with the Marlins and the and the D Rays, and you don't even have the Marlins right now. I know, to play I know. but I, but I, you know, I was watching the, on MLB channel, and they would show innings that they were playing. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've watched more of that baseball than I thought I would actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that what Philadelphia is not playing now, and yeah, the Cardinals postponed a game tonight, pops. Oh Lord! So they got a couple of players with the vid. Yeah, I, I hate to I hate to hear all that because you know it, that's like I was telling you playing ten college games. I don't even know if they'll get those in. I I, I hope they do, but I just like I've always said when this has been going on, I I don't I don't see how they're going to do it. Well, some good news we did get in the last day or so is that your oldest son and my oldest brother yeah, yeah. Uh, has recovered from the COVID-19. He has been cleared. Did he, did he get the results the second test yet? I think he's getting it today. His yeah, first he test, he was clear. So the uh, Ernest Eugene Ryer Jr., yeah. uh, the oldest the uh, <laughs> oldest son of Pops. We're hoping for some more good news for him today, Pops. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And, and, and he did a good job, buddy, I tell you. We carry food yeah. over and stuff, and he'd holler through the door. Yeah. <laughs> but he wouldn't tough, tough in. He wouldn't take a chance. So, but I'm so tickled to death that, that uh, and I know he is too. Absolutely. Well, pops, enjoy your weekend as best you can. Stay safe, and we'll do it again next week. All right, buddy. Play dancing. Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today in the low 90s at 92. Port tonight clear with the low at 71. And for the weekend, the weather looking hot and dry. A good supply of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 93 and 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You're listening to a best of edition of Southern Fried Sports with your host, Travis Ryer, right here on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I know it pops as a big 50 cent fan, but we're doing a loose change for the playlist theme today. That's why we had a little three dimes down from Drive By Truckers earlier in the program, and now a little 50 cent as we bring on pops. What about it, pops? You a big 50 fan? I have no idea what that was. None <laughs> at all. I'm going. I'm going. Oh. I think I'm on some other station right now. I have no idea what that was. Uh, I don't think we've ever uh, introed Pops to a little hip hop, little rap music. So there you go. <laughs> hey, Pops. You know we usually have you on Friday. Yeah. Uh, but we're moving you up to a Thursday, which would, in normal times, perhaps be a thirsty Thursday for you yeah. and your band of ne'er-do-well friends down there at the mm-hmm. baseball grounds of 
Jacksonville for that double A baseball with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. You haven't been able to do it this year. You haven't been able to go to the ballpark. No. So, what's the one concession stand item that maybe you've missed the most that you would, if you could have it right now from a ballpark? Uh, no. what, which concession stand item would you pick? What would you go with? I I, I know. I just like the the peanut. Yeah, <laughs> you've always been a big peanut peanuts, guy. Peanuts, you know. And yeah. I eat a whole bag of them. And you will. I've seen you do it. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy. Now, the does peanuts. it matter what you have to drink with them, or is that just anything? Oh yeah, I gotta work? gotta have a coke with it. You know. I you know. like coke? Yeah, just the coke and the the roasted peanuts. You know, a lot of a lot of old timers like yourself used to put the peanuts in the like Pepsi Cola bottle. You know, yeah, put, put the peanuts yeah. in the drink. Did you ever do oh, that? Yeah. Well, years years ago in the RC Cola. RC Cola, yeah. No RC Cola, but the big RC glass bottles. You know. Yeah. Just take the yeah. the, the peanuts and, and pour them in there. A lot of folks like those moon pies with those RC Coca Colas. Yes. Yes. I've had a few of them in my day, too. I used do you to like the chocolate those. or banana? Chocolate or banana moon pies? Which ones do you my, like? My mama would put me a, uh, no, no, I never got a banana moon pie. But uh-huh. man, my mother would put a moon pie in my lunch when I was in elementary school for dessert. Oh, that was a nice treat, wasn't it, Pops? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A brown bag. Did you, did you ever trade? That at the lunch table for oh, anything no. else, Pops? Yeah, oh, that no, was no, non-negotiable, no. Now, wasn't it? You're getting fights over that. I mean, it was nobody messes mm. with your moon pie, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, we had your oldest granddaughter on the program earlier in the week, and we Uh-oh. asked her to rate you as a grandfather. <laughs> and uh, I, I got to say, I was kind of surprised. She gave you 10 out of 10, Pops, Savannah. No, did. she did I was, not. Yeah. Well, I, I I really appreciate that, but <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wish I, I felt the same way. <laughs> I would like <laughs> to be a ten out of ten, but I know I've yeah. I uh, fell in so right. many you're areas, right, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she said that you know, even though you two kind of get after each other a little bit, it's all yeah, fun. She, and she's always she, wanting to fight for some reason. You know? and that's just the way she is, Pops. That's how she's <laughs> wired. And she does enjoy being taller than you, she said. She does I, enjoy I know, that. She, yeah, and it kills me because if I had shoes <laughs> on her height, I'd be just as high as she is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, your other granddaughter, your uh, the, the youngest of our two, yeah. Uh, we checked her into her dormitory there on the University of Alabama campus. Thirteen floors, the dorm. Thirteen and, floors. Uh, yeah, they're moving all the kids in. Pops, is that poor parenting? Should we should we have just kept her home with all this stuff going on? In your opinion, or well, we, are we not good parents? Well, I, I, you know, it's an exciting time in her life, and and until you, know, I don't, I don't think it's called bad parenting sending her off to college and but I'm sure if things uh demand it they'll you know they'll virtual mm-hmm. if things get so bad mm-hmm. and, and uh the cases start breaking out or whatever but mm-hmm. uh I got my fingers crossed for her I hope she has a terrific college life and uh we can get Top to pops because they lost that spring of their senior year of high school too, pops. I know. Yeah. 
I know. That, and that was, a, a, you know, a tough part of the, the best part of your senior year, you know. Mm-hmm. Prom, the, the, everything. Yeah, the final, the home stretch, you know. Yeah. Of high school, and, and you don't even have it. Mm. it. It's tough. It's a tough call. But I... I'm I'm for down here. I'm I'm for not sending kids to school because it's it's just, uh, and I don't like that. I wish they they I wish football was going on and practices and and all the kids all excited about getting back in school. Hmm. But it just, it's just uh, too many uh, negatives involved. I think. See where Florida State this morning announced just 20 to 25 percent capacity for home games this season, if that. Yeah. Which a lot of Florida Gator fans like yourself would say, well, that's not all that different than what they've been drawing the last couple of years anyway, Pops. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad uh, what's been going on over there. I was hoping they could get it turned around this year. And, of course, this guy gets started off on the wrong foot over there. Mike Norville. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pulling for him, you know. Just I'm, I'm pulling for the guy. They caught Mike storying a little bit. He was storying. Yeah, you know, he might have fudged a little, you know. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I wish him luck, but I hope they can get back on on pace. Uh, are you watching any of the pro golf? You said you were watching a good bit of it. You got the PGA yeah. Championship pops Actually, this weekend, and Tiger. Tiger's two under early on in his first round. Oh, Tiger, uh, you know, I hadn't even looked. I hadn't even looked today. Uh, he said you know, he, but, he felt he felt good going into it. So you yeah. know, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you know, Bud Cauley, he's a yeah. Jacksonville guy. Yeah. And went to the University of Alabama. He's two under through six pops. Bud Cauley, well, the Jacksonville area product and the, the, former the, Alabama All American. Yeah, the two the two the previous winners uh, were Alabama yeah. golfers. Yeah, and been a good I, run on the I didn't, I didn't know Justin Thomas went to Alabama. What you didn't know that pops? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm a day late and a dollar short, you know. Come on, pops. You keep reading <laughs> that newspaper, you know. We talked about that. Yeah. So, am I going to get to have dinner with you here in the next couple of days? Is that the plan? Yeah. Go to dinner. As as that, I think it's tonight. To I think uh, Locklear line it up for tonight. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Yeah, that what are we good. getting? We get bonos, or we getting maybe Orse? You know, well, Locklear whatever, was talking Orse pops, and that you know that's, that's, that's a, good. That's, Anywhere yeah. is fine with us, you know that. Yeah, yeah. What Very about easy. lunch? What do you got? Hey, uh, guess what I'm getting today? A tomato you sandwich. Well, you love that mayonnaise. Steak, steak tomatoes sliced thick with white yeah. bread and. Mayonnaise and heavy mayonnaise, heavy, yeah. heavy mayonnaise and pepper. You just pepper on there, no lettuce I, or anything. I just placed my order not three minutes ago. Placed your order, man. Man asked me what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. You like? Do you do you, do you have to have the tomato refrigerated first, or yes. can you just? Yes. Do you like it cold? Yeah. Oh yeah. The Extra mayo, cold, black pepper, and tomato white cold. Yeah. You'll have your little diet tea with those fresh limes from the backyard grove. <laughs> yeah, I You'll got have. the limes in the backyard. You wouldn't believe that little old tree. I mean, it's sitting out. Mm-hmm. 
It's produced a lot of partners for that old number seven. I know that. <laughs> Come in. All right, Bob. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you later. Bye. There you go. Thank you for listening to Sun.